What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. You're listening to Made It. What's up, y'all? You're listening to Made It. Where we're telling the stories of the legends that made it. Of legends who made it to inspire the next generation of Black sellers. You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew. You're rocking with the Sales for the Culture crew. That's me, Mercy. Boy, Shelton. Me, Nikki. And Jacob. All right, y'all, who are we chopping it up with today? We are chopping it up with Nena Uguomo, CEO of Student Dream. Y'all, if I can just tell you, I met Nena years ago on Harvard Business School's campus, and she was so on fire. Like, her smile, her energy, her enthusiasm, her passion was just on point. And so I was really impressed and surprised to learn that the foundation of her becoming a CEO that would get invited to the White House, that would be featured on Black Enterprise, you know, that it all started with her career in tech sales. So we'll dive into that story. I hope you all enjoy. I know I did. All right, let's get this work. Let's go. Come on. Nana, welcome to Made It. This is um, an interview series we're doing, really trying to profile people who've made it like yourself. Um, who have started or had a career in tech sales. And, you know, I thought of you first for a few reasons. Um, One, because you've done so many different things. And I've been thinking, you know, do you define yourself as someone whose career kind of part of it has been tech sales? And yeah, like tell us a little bit about where you are now and, and, and how sales might have contributed. Yeah, so I would say sales was definitely monumental in my my story and just for you to even say oh I made it I'm I'm just laughing I'm like well hey I received that I don't mind (laughs) I feel like if you are the CEO of a startup that's been recognized by Obama era White House and sort of like killed it in like so many different fields I'm gonna I'm gonna say you've made it um appreciate that I appreciate that yeah so I definitely say I I started uh, and, and have had experience in tech sales for sure. I think my last experience at Greenhouse Software was just so monumental because that was a pure technology sales role, being a SDR and being a part of what I would say was one of the greatest companies I've ever worked for. Mm. And just such great structure, such great leadership from people like Rick Smolin to Mo Moran to Kareem Alamari, the people I got to report to they really loved what they did and knew how to do it well and so for me just understanding just the structure of reaching out to people and following up with people and just having a mindset of looking to share good opportunities with people even if they say hey we're not interested or we already have something realizing that that doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. was wild and I've literally applied that to everything with the nonprofit that I run, you know, like hearing people say, oh, like, you're just not a good fit or, you know, it just doesn't mean anything anymore. And so it really helps to, to just persevere and be gritty in the way that I not just it's not again, it's not about begging people to be a a customer or work with us, but presenting people with a great opportunity. And I wouldn't have known that had I not been in such a great tech sales organization like Greenhouse. Okay, so now that makes me even more curious because I know you sort of, I look at your LinkedIn and I see General Assembly first. So maybe yeah. take us all the way back to like when you were starting your career, you graduate, let's take it back to like graduation day at Howard. Like yeah. how, how did you think about what was next for you? 
Yeah. So shout out to Howard. Um, and this is, it's a funny story because actually I think this kind of ties into just the broader theme of having relationships with people. So I was still, even in school, even at such a great place at Howard, I honestly wasn't that intentional with my postgraduate planning or thinking about where I wanted to work. I honestly was very anxious about it. I remember, I think it was around, you know, fall season and recruiters are coming to campus and I was freaking out because I was like, man, none of these companies are interesting to me. I was like, I don't know what to do. And thankfully a friend who, he was a year ahead of me and had been working at the Nielsen company, he was coming back to campus to do recruiting. And so he just texted me, he was like, hey, Nana, you should check out Nielsen. And probably at this point, I don't think I applied to at, at more than two other companies. I think I applied to Coke and maybe another company. But Coke's other than cool. that, I, Coke's cool. I would have been, I would have liked that. <laughs> I hear they have fountains of soda in it, but maybe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so I just wasn't that pressed. Uh, but again, through a relationship, he had just texted me. And so I went to the recruitment fair, heard about Nielsen. Again, I think I only applied to three companies when I was graduating. Nielsen was one of them and I got the job. And so that was a great experience. It wasn't sales, but it really was the, the catalyst for me being made aware of just this world of technology, innovation, entrepreneurship, venture capital, that is this world I live in now. And wow. again, relationships and having relationships with people. So how long were you at Nielsen and what told you it was time to go? Yeah, so I was only at Nielsen for a year. And what told me it was time to go was the time, the fact that I was underperforming. And I, <laughs> really good signal sometimes, right? right. Let and, me take care of this before you take care of this. Right, right. And full transparency. <laughs> you know, we've healed from it, so I can share. Um, full transparency. It's important, right? Like, yeah. it's not like sales is going to be for everyone the first thing. And also when we find our groove, like it's sometimes the process of elimination, like a few, yeah. a few careers in, we're like, oh, this is one of the things I can excel at. No, real talk. I think that Nielsen was, so for me, I was a great student at Howard and, but I, I, I knew how to study and I knew how to learn, but I didn't really understand that corporate environment. So I, honestly, looking back, I think there was a few just like maybe just cultural issues there. Um, just not under, really understanding what my, my superiors wanted. But I, I just didn't meet the, the standards of this, this very high level leadership program as a part of. And so, I mean, on paper, you know, they allowed me to just resign and leave, but it definitely was like, hey, you gotta go. <laughs> um, but you know, it was a blessing. It's, it's very, for anyone listening to this podcast, you, you must keep listening to know where this story goes because <laughs> it gets really good. I like it. We're adding some tension. Yeah. So then what happened? Yeah. So then what happened? I mean, while I was at Nielsen, I had this idea of, of my, my nonprofit that I now lead called Student Dream because being in New York City and being in an ad tech company, I was just exposed to this world of innovation and entrepreneurship. And I was so shocked that the same black excellence that I went to Howard with was not present in these worlds. And it was, it was shocking to me because I felt as if this world was just a huge, huge, just enclave of opportunity. And 
I wanted to see our people there. And so that really inspired me to start Student Dream to really be that hub to help bring people of color, specifically black, black people into the world of innovation, entrepreneurship and investing. And so I started working on that. And as I was working on that company, I realized just learning more about businesses and learning more about how important it is to put yourself in places where you're really growing and you're really, you really have somewhat of an interest. I don't think that ultimately your job can completely fulfill you, but I think it should be engaging on multiple levels. And so that's when I found out about General Assembly and as someone who loves learning, loves teaching people, loves being in these community environments, General Assembly was a great place. And I was like, oh, I could learn about, I could just talk to people and learn more about sales. Like, let me, let me apply. And so then I got the job at GA. Wow. And if you think about the moment you accepted the offer at Greenhouse, what was sort of your headspace then? Yeah, so my headspace was twofold. So at this point, because I think I accepted that offer in 2018, May of 2018. And so at this point, I had been working on my nonprofit, just very like full-time, part-time, full-time, part, you know, just the hustle of building something. And as I began to understand our overall mission of helping to build black wealth, I was like, yo, I need to get my own money together. And this whole, like people make, make entrepreneurship seem so sexy. I'm like, hustling, I ain't trying, I don't really like this paycheck to paycheck life, this hustle life, nah. And so I really wanted some stability while also again, going back to that mindset of, okay, how can I be in a place that where I'm learning? And I, what, I, what I realized from building the nonprofit was like, man, it's so important to learn how to build great teams. And I'd love and how to sell as well. And Greenhouse has all these great rankings, has been ranked as one of the best places to work on multiple occasions. These are two-time entrepreneurs who started this company. This sales partnership seems great because I'm like, okay, all I have to do is sell a product to people. <laughs> I can talk to people like I'm fine with that. And these bonuses sound really good. So let me apply. So that was my mindset, really wanting to really learn from the people around me, yeah. uh, really learn from the organization I'm working at because I just love the overall industry and the specific vertical that Greenhouse was in and just the, some financial stability. So that was my and, it, and, it, and you feel like that's like, this is obviously, we're creating this interview series in the first place to sort of raise the visibility of tech sales as whether it's the kind of the landing pad or it's just a, it's a touchstone on the way to something else. Mm -hmm. Like, did you go into Greenhouse pretty sure that this was really a moment in time for you in your career? Or could you have imagined yourself like walking down this tech sales path and, and taking it all the way? Yeah. So one thing about me, I always, I always am, have like this growth mindset. So I think even if I'm in a place in the back of my head where I, th I think I'm going to be there temporarily, I'm still thinking about growth. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I started as an SDR, I was still thinking about, okay, what does account executive look like or account manager look like, which are the next levels. And I wanted to, cause I'm just like, okay, how do I get to the next level as soon as possible? So I definitely was thinking that, especially just knowing from a someone who likes to learn standpoint, yeah. realizing that that's the full circle of the sales process, I definitely was thinking about that 
Um, but I think one thing I did not like was just the politics in that, you know, in terms of like, hey, you have to be in this role for X amount of months before you can transition. And I just, yeah. I, I've never been one to like that. And I think that's why I've always been kind of pr prone to start my own thing. I don't have <laughs> because to you can immediately start in the number one spot. Okay. <laughs> I Now I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Just no, you don't have to wait unnecessarily. I think that that's my one piece of feedback. I don't know how, how it is in other organizations, but at least at Greenhouse, I just thought it was unnecessary, especially when there's high performers. It's like, you know. It's interesting. And I often think about this when someone comes to me, especially early on trying to decide between, you know, going into an enterprise org with like a lot of resources and training and, and a really clear path, even if it takes a little longer versus like the startup with like three people and there's less security, maybe like in terms of training or in terms of money, but the upside is like, yeah, there's just no rules. Um, mm -hmm. And I was always, I gravitated towards those sort of like the ambiguity means I can probably, if I do well, find my way up or in some new role for myself. So I, I relate to that for sure. Okay, so obviously you left Greenhouse and tell us what you're doing now because that's what we're all waiting for. And if you can, um, I don't know if you've ever thought of it through this lens, but in addition to telling us what you do now, tell us what parts of what you do now, you know those, some of those skills came from that time in tech sales. Oh my gosh, I would say all of it, <laughs> especially particularly from Greenhouse, because my job is to, I have, there's, so presently what I do now, I am the full-time, thank God, full-time, full-time, getting paid, full-time, <laughs> finally made it. <laughs> what a great combination, full-time and getting paid, because you know yes, you can do it. Right? Talk about it, we try to get paid, we gotta eat. Um, so I am full-time founder, president, CEO of a financial education nonprofit student dream that I started. And we train students of color to build wealth. We have this broad theory of change of black wealth development. So we really want to address the racial wealth gap in America. And we do that by helping college and high school students leverage their greatest asset, which is their time mm -hmm. and teach them how to graduate college debt-free how to invest in the stock market, how to start companies, and how to really fund their legacies. So it gives me goosebumps because if I had yeah. had that before going into sales, like no one told me what to do with my commission check. You know, I'm learning right now. I'm apprenticing with this um, this guy who's teaching me how to trade options. It's wow. like I didn't know what options were. I mean, I understood I could have options, but that these were things that get traded, like. There's so much power in that knowledge and so many artificial gates. Um, first, I want to say thank you. And then I'm going to actually make you brag. What are the sort of the milestones we talk about in sales? You know, we have quota, but as a CEO, what do you consider those like absolute pinnacles of achievement for you and really for your organization and its impact? Wow, that's a great, great question. So I always, I think, one of the things I probably took from my past sales world at Greenhouse was just they, they had such a good product and they were so product focused. And so I would say one of our milestones is just having an imp, uh, uh, impactful product in terms of our program and really seeing students go through the program and saving more and opening up brokerage accounts, right? And realizing like, wow, I can, you know, 
if, if I put in the work, I can get paid with this skill in songwriting that I have or this skill in fitness and health that I have. So for me, that's been a major milestone and just seeing that our product is works and, and students really gravitate towards it and relate to it because it is for the culture, by the culture. Hmm. So I would say that's that's been a, one big milestone that I would say we, we've achieved and many times throughout the years, but this past summer, 2020, was really monumental for us. Um, so that's one. I would say definitely two, that it was just, just to show that you can have partnerships with, again, sales, you just got to ask, make the ask. I'm going to have you name a few. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to have to splice in a little intro. I'm probably going to do it anyway because I'm so obsessed with you. But <laughs> what are so, some of the partners that you've been able to, yeah, that you've, you've really, they're lucky yeah. to work with you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I would say that, you know, having at one of our, our annual innovation slash money summit at the white house in 2016 with the obama administration yeah add that little caveat please right you gotta you know, <laughs> we can't woo lord child please know this podcast was um created on january 9th 2021 it's been a rough week man someone said someone said december 37 2020 <laughs> it was like crazy but anyways um yeah, so to partner with the Obama administration, I mean, that was just amazing. And just even the way that happened was just such a sales example of, you know, me going to, so I was, I was consulting with this organization and they had this innovation conference slash entrepreneurship showcase at the White House. And I was initially told that my name was on the list. Come to find out, my boss tells me my name isn't on the list, but I'm like, let me go anyway. So I go. I get Hustle. in. Yeah. You know, I get in confidence. And I, I yes. Organizing it. And I just pitch the idea to him of like, hey, it'd be great to have this summit here. This is what we're doing. We'd love to partner with you all, my brother's keeper, blah, blah, blah. And again, just kept following up, kept following up, learned learned about that through sales at General Assembly and wow. was able to make it happen. So that was definitely a huge milestone for us. Another milestone was getting support, getting our largest grant. Uh, to date, $25,000 from the Techstars Foundation. And that was just huge validation from the, again, the innovation community. Um, so I would say those are, and then, and then this past year, getting our largest individual donor of $25,000. Wow. Uh, so I would say those are some, some very big milestones for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, well, yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to show you my notes, but I have like six or seven more, but I will add those. I'll splice them in at the beginning. So whatever you want to share. Say, I would say also, because I love that my, my background in innovation and just working in tech has just helped me to think outside the box and apply that to the world of nonprofits that's often very stale. And so another milestone would be this past October. Was it October? Or se I can't remember. September, maybe September, October. I can't remember. <laughs> but we came out with our a music album. Uh, called 600 Miles to Freedom. I'm sorry, so, what? <laughs> I was not in my notes. Yeah, so the idea, so one of the things, and this is so great because I love, I just, I, my, my biggest encouragement for everybody is like, don't let anybody put you in a box. So one of the things that really just moved me this past summer, you know, you, you hear this term of essential service, essential service, but I think we all can agree that this past year we realized how important how essential the arts are, you know, whether it's music Definitely. or all this, the content on Netflix, 
just the way it like it speaks to our souls in ways that words can't and I was so moved and and encouraged and um just found music to be so therapeutic this past summer I said to myself man wouldn't it be great what if we we can leverage the power of storytelling that is in music to better tell the story of student dream in a way that can connect with our students, but also in a way that can help us generate funding for the organization. And wait a minute, I know- Always got that revenue in mind. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, but then I know these great singer songwriters who are my friend, you know, again, have relationships with and know some producers, like we can make this happen. And so I call up my friend, Rob LaRay, shout out to singer songwriter, artist, Rob LaRay. And I was like, Rob, I need you to, let's do this. And he's like, sure, let's do this. And fast forward a couple months later, we record our first music album, 600 Miles to Freedom. And it has been helping us all the, all the proceeds from album sales to streaming goes towards the nonprofit and will hopefully encourage anybody on their journey of economic freedom and running after their dreams to keep doing it. And and the idea for the album title, 600 Miles to Freedom, so the history behind it, uh, back in, in slave times, the journey from, from Georgia to the North was 600 miles. Mm. And so when you think about this journey of going after your dreams of building anything, like it is, it is hard. It's an up and down journey. Not everybody wants to go and to, to start on the journey. It's hard. Not everybody makes it. It's difficult. It feels like 600 miles, but you still go after it because of that hope and that vision. And so that's why we called it 600 miles to freedom. Available. Very, very few albums can give me goosebumps <laughs> before I've heard a note, but that is, that is, um, but that's just you. Like what's what I'm hearing in everything you describe is everything also is an expression of who you are. They say the CEO sets the tone, but this like multi-hyphenate, I know that term's kind of being overused, but this combination of creativity and relationships and revenue, and it's all working. Mm. But what I also hear and what I deeply respect about you, um, there's just so much love. Like mm. the love is so what's running through it all. It's such a, it's honestly an honor to know you. You are one of those wow. people I check in on every year. Like my, I need to get LinkedIn. I need to get that paid account because <laughs> I'd be stalking out here. But I check in on you because I know one, you're consistent in your vision, but you're creative mm-hmm. enough to make the output a little different. Every year there's something a little new. Yeah, I just, yeah, so much. thank you so much. I was originally going to say, okay, what would you say to the young person who's thinking about a career in tech sales, but I'm actually not going to ask you. And here's why Mm. you already said it. And this whole interview to me is a representation of all the reasons why it might be something to consider. And it doesn't have to be the end um, end point of a career. Can I I, add for the, for the person listening, who's thinking about, yeah, what they should do, or if they should consider this as maybe an option. Yeah, I would add, I, cause I don't, I honestly don't think that anything prepares you, any profession prepares you more for just real life than tech sales, honestly, because it's, it's so hard. I remember the first time somebody hung up on me. I was like, oh, I don't like that. I was like, you know, I think it just really, like, I remember talking to 
we've had conversations with colleagues about datings. I'm like, man, is he a warmly, like we got to close, like, where's he at? And then I don't know, you got to, <laughs> it's just say all the time. Like, you know, how'd you meet, they say, how'd you meet your fiance? I said, I went up to him and basically asked him out. I mean, no fear uh, rejection over here. Come on, nothing. It, and I, nothing builds you for that. I honestly don't think any other career prepares you for that because it's like, hey, you can either do your job or get fired. You know, in terms of like, you can either face rejection or leave. And I think it's just, it, it really builds perseverance. It builds a, a confidence and it, it kind of, it really like, I would say it, it eats away at that fear of rejection that we all have innately. Um, and so I just think it's so great. It teaches you so much about follow-up, about listening, about, uh, yeah, being relational in the way that you communicate with people, understanding that sales is not a sleazy thing and really having the right mindset, understanding like, hey, you're doing people a favor by sharing them something that's good and valuable. Um, yeah, so honestly, I would say for anybody who wants to be prepared for the realities of life, specifically the rejection that life throws at you, the, if you want to be able to persevere and overcome obstacles, if you want to be able to, uh, you know, reach any other, any dream or any goal, like sales really helps you, tech sales specifically really helps you to do that. It's not easy, but it's, it's what I call good pain that you mm-hmm. go through the same way, you know, in exercising or running or jogging, you know, you don't always feel great with muscle soreness or heavy breathing, but it's really good for you. So that's what I would add. Maybe I'll get on my exercise bike tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, listen, I almost bought the Peloton. So I bought a $188 Amazon bike because you know I, I am a stranger to that good pain in that way. <laughs> I really thank you, um, Nana, so much for everything for having you me. and for coming on to this um, interview and just being so open. Yeah, you are. You're the real deal. Ah, I appreciate it. I so appreciate it. Boom. All right. That's this week's drop on Made It, brought to you by Sales for the Culture. Hey, Nikki, if I love what I just heard and I'm Black, what do I do now? Whether you're in tech sales already or not, let's get you connected at salesfortheculture.com. If you're Black, you're looking for your shot to make it and you're wondering if tech sales might be your lane, when you go to salesfortheculture.com, we'll get you hooked up with Rework. They're a nonprofit organization educating uh, all sorts of folk, but but black folk too, on on how to get into tech sales. Rework will train you and get you in a sales job. One of our partner companies like Pinterest, Salesforce, LinkedIn, and more. And going through Rework won't cost you a dime. Trust me, I know I'm the CEO. You don't need any experience. We don't care about your background. So whether you went to Stanford like me, or you didn't finish high school like me, if you bring the grind and the coachability, Rework will give you a shot. Okay, so that's if you're not in tech sales, but what if you're black and already in the game? If you're black and working in tech sales right now, you already know what it is. You can go to salesfortheculture.com too to get plugged into our Slack community with hundreds of other black tech sellers pushing one another towards it. And you'll find top shelf training opportunities, cookouts, industry leading mentors, and other black folk to grind with so you don't have to build alone. All right, y'all. Pass this on to someone you know who needs to hear about more black folk that made it. Keep doing it for the culture and we'll see y'all next week.